week that this topic, we are not preaching it, we are teaching it because it's fairly fundamental and um, we want to clear a lot of misconceptions and take out the value that is in it and maximize its use. Hallelujah. Especially in the season that we are in. Amen. And um, let's read Proverbs again. Let's read Proverbs 30, 11 to 14, which was one of the scriptures. Then we'll read Psalm 139. Proverbs 30, the Bible says in 11 to 14, it says, There is a class of people, the Amplify, who cares their fathers and do not bless their mothers. There is a class of people who are pure in their own eyes and yet are not washed from their own filth. There is a class of people, oh, how lofty are their eyes and their raised eyelids. There is a class of people whose teeth are at source and whose fangs as knives to devour the poor from the earth and the needy from among men. And I told you that this passage leans on sort of the negative aspect of temperaments, but the most important thing is that there's a lot more of good in every temperament. So we are going to focus on those. And also, I think one of the things we are going to learn as we go on is how we manage the weaknesses of our temperament and how we enhance the strengths of our temperament. And the reason why I say that we should stop treating temperament and throwing it out as a negative thing is because Psalm 139, Psalm 139, verse 14 to 16, I'm reading the NLT. The Bible says, thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. That should be our declaration. How many of you know that we are all complex? Even when you think you've known somebody, you realize you don't know anything. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion, as I was woven together in the dark of the womb. You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. Amen. So that is what the Bible says about us. Do you understand? So whether it doesn't matter what your stronger temperament is, what your weaker, what combination you have, you have to remember that you are wonderfully complex. Amen. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. And it says that that workmanship is marvelous. It's marvelous. Amen. Tell yourself, I'm marvelous. Yeah, I am marvelous. I am marvelous. You watched me as I was being formed. Yeah, nobody else was there but God. And what he does, whatever God does, is good. Amen. Whatever God puts together is good. And so we are going to acknowledge that the way God has made us is good. And I think that it's good that we are treating this because, you know, we don't want to either have a chip on our shoulder that we are so good or we have the right temperament or feel also so down that 
well, mine, there's not a whole lot I can do about it. You remember last week, I was differentiating between temperament and character. And today, I wanted to add another one to it, which is also personality. I saw this uh, description, and I thought this is really good and showed some differences. It said that temperament is the combination of inborn traits that subconsciously affect our behavior and every other area. I say that these traits are arranged on a number of bases, genetics, race, sex, hereditary, you know. So it's not something that you can really do anything about it. And character, which is, of course, how you grow and how you behave. And it describes it, it says that it's as a result of modification of our natural temperament. And this modification comes about through how we are trained, how we are brought up, how the kind of education we have, you know, the beliefs we pick up, the principles we stand on, and what motivates us. Do you understand? So how you are brought up, how you are trained, how your belief system, the principles you stand on, they define your character. And he says it's like taking any raw material and making something very pleasant or very unpleasant out of it. Do you understand? Have you known a young person who you haven't seen for many years and then maybe you see them 10 years later, 15 years later, and you can't believe that this is the attitude they have now? Or this is the behavior they have now. And then you'll be like, hey, when did you become like this? Then they'll be like, oh, auntie, I'm grown now. Oh, I'm a big boy now. I'm a big. But really, that is the character that they have developed into. You understand? Whether good or bad. So what it's actually saying is that the raw material generally is good. <laughs> Do you understand? Whether you are born as an extrovert or introvert, or it's fine. But then when you're training and your environment and your beliefs and all the principles you pick up or you don't, what motivate, then it turns you into something amazing or something not so pleasant. Oh, yeah, you know, yeah. Which includes even maybe habits you pick up. So all those things can actually drown whatever your temperament is. Then the third one, which is personality, is, it says is the outward expression of the person. Because when we say, oh, this person's personality, is what we see, isn't it? Yeah, it's what is seen on the outwards. And it says that it may or may not be the same as character because some people can hide their character. One of the things, as I've been studying on, you know, all these uh, relationship issues, you realize that you know, Reverend says they bring their right leg and then they leave the left leg till they get into the marriage. He says that we show you the best and we hide the rest <laughs> for future use. It says that depending upon how genuine the person is, the outward expression could actually be who they are or man is capable of putting on a pleasing a pleasing facade to cover up a weak character. 
Many people feel compared, compelled to act the part of what people expect of them. Do you understand? Yeah, so sometimes that's why even as a pastor, even though, you know, I think Reverend and I, we have a good anointing of um, Shepherdora Lincoln, to put it in a very uh, spiritual way. <laughs> we still have to be very hesitant because sometimes we may assume that this person is this way. Do you understand? And then go and vouch for the person and kind of realize that the person is actually, that was just a front or that is what was expected of them. So that is what, do, do you understand? Yeah. You know, sometimes when we say that some husbands can come to church or, and be so irritated when they see how hardworking their wife is or how hardworking their husband is or even how polite their wife is. Or how, you know, and they're like, really? Because this one is a front for church. Do Yeah. Please, do you want some water? Thank you very much. And it's like these statements are not for real. They are just for congregational um, appearance. Amen. But the reason why I think it's good for us to go through this, and also today I want us to we'll take a, a very little test and maybe a slightly bigger one of ourselves and see where we fall or what we fall into. Because the reality of it is that most of us have a temperament that is very strong, which is like our main, and we sort of have a blend and have one that is secondary. Do, do you understand? So sometimes it's like, oh, well, but I'm also like this and I'm also... But then the way you know it is the immediate. Do, do you understand? Like if they ask you, do, do you get it? Um, do you tolerate nonsense? The first answer that comes to your head, that's the right one. Because when you think about it, then you begin to give political answers. You know, it depends on who is, you know, what... No. The one that came to... That is exactly who you are. Do you understand? Like, are you a friendly person? Yeah, you know, if, if I'm within a circle of... No. You know, last week we, we, we looked at uh, temperaments in, in relation to affection, isn't it? And we, we looked at three of them. But I wanted to give us a few more in terms of how certain, how our temperament traits affect us in certain areas of our lives. You know, we looked at how we like to be controlled or how we like to control things, control the environment, control people, you know. And we looked at affection, the level of love we require or can give, and at inclusion. You know, we always want to be part of the group. We want to be liked. We want to be accepted, you know. All of it is not necessarily bad or good, but once you know it, you are able to protect yourself better. But I also want to look at just a few day-to-day -day things. How many of you feel that you want your, your temperament to reflect in your, just your day-to-day -day activity? So the first one is eating habits. <laughs> you know? So of the four types, and I'm not going to tell you that this type is this, because we're about to take a little, um, just a trial thing for ourselves. Everybody will do their own, and then we'll know. So I'm not going to, I'm just going to give you the four 
So that I'll give you the four eating habits. I'll give you the four shopping habits. I'll give you the four driving habits. I'll give you the four DIY habits. How many of you realize that as good as you are in science, in whatever, you cannot paint? And you cannot put a nail through a wood? <laughs> okay, so eating habits. So there's one who may eat anything and everything. It's also a temperament. Do you understand? One of the temperaments, they eat anything and everything. What we describe them as, they have a Catholic taste. Do you understand? They have a Catholic taste. Reverend is mentioning names. We haven't mentioned anything. They have a Catholic taste. When you put food in front of them, whether it's frog, whether it's snail, whether it's chicken, whether it's lizard, whether, whatever it is, if it is food, it will go down. Then there's one who is almost like um, has a very stereotype attitude towards food. I only eat what I know. It says that he will seldom change his menu. It is fixed. This is it, and we eat it. No, it's not. Then there's another one that this one is a picky eater and, you know, takes their time. And you can't, for, you can't let them eat quickly. Have you seen those that they, they may have a huge plate of food, and you almost say, hey, this way they're not going to eat, but eventually they finish the food. They understand? Yeah. Yeah. They look at the food, and then... Then you have one who is a deliberate eater. And, you know, the, the third one, they like... They are not just eating the food. They are appreciating the food. Do you understand? They have to enjoy the food. They have to know what... You know, there are some people that they can eat something. They'll say, oh, this thing has garlic. It has this. It has this. It has cinnamon. It has this. And, you know, like the first one who eats anything, he doesn't know whether there was onions in it, whether there was pepper in it. Then the last one, it's also it's a slow eater, you know, very deliberate in their eating. They can separate their chicken from the this, and they, they don't like their food all mixed up. And will normally be the last one to get up from the table. Then the driving skill. The first one, so remember, number one, all the number ones belong to one temperament, all the number twos. This driver is very erratic. And when they are driving, they like to be talking and facing the person they are talking. So they can be talking to somebody and, you know, as they are driving. They don't concentrate on their driving. Do you understand? Yeah, they can be chatting fully. They are not, it's not like they are driving and chatting, you know, looking ahead. Though. They are driving and chatting. <laughs> I don't know. Then you have one who is, mm, this one, there are a lot of them in this room. It's a daring speed demon. <laughs> Darting in and out of traffic. <laughs> Always in a hurry. <laughs> Listen, don't be looking for somebody else's own. Look for your own. I don't know how Alfred was like, mm. <laughs> Find your own. Don't say, this one, I, this one, I know who it is. Yeah, know the one that you, you are. Then the third one, this one prepares well in advance for their trip. So if they know the journey will take, an hour and there could be traffic, they'll set up in two hours before time so that they are not caught in traffic and have to be erratic or any such thing. 
and then they'll make sure that they know the route of where they are going. And they are very, very unlikely to speed. I don't know if we have some in this room. Who passes on? No. This one is the slowest driver of all. The last one to leave the roundabout, the last one to leave the intersection. You know the one that when you're behind, you're like, what? What are you waiting for before you go? <laughs> you know? So can you imagine if number one is behind number four? That's what brings annoyance. <laughs> they are called the pokey Sunday driver. You know the Sunday driver who has nowhere going particular is just cruising the, you know, cru uh, cruising the city. That is, that, uh, yeah. It's not, there's no, eventually we'll get there. Do you, do you understand? Yeah, eventually we'll get there. If I can't see, if, you know, some of us, if we can't see clearly on our blind side, we still try and risk it knowing that the angels are with us. But you also have those who wait and wait and wait till every car has come to pass before. Yeah. It's also because of the temperament they have. And you also see those that when they're behind you, they can see that they are cars in front of you, then they are blowing their horn, go, go. Then you tell them that come and pass over. <laughs> yeah. You know that they, 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 don't, they are not patient at all. Then shopping habits. This person is not price conscious. <laughs> Selects purely by visual satisfaction. If I like it, I get it. I don't care how much it costs. I don't care what, whether I even I'll use it much, but if I... If my eyes see, mm. <laughs> yeah. Then this one is not does not like shopping at all. So they tend to overbuy, so they don't have to go to Target. <laughs> yeah. If this year I'm going to need three black shoes, let me just get them. <laughs> Life is too precious. There's a whole lot of things to do. It's not now that we have to be going to shop, but in and out, in and out. If we have to, yeah. So what else do we need? Yeah, so those of us who have husbands or wives who are like, what else do we need for the week? Of, you know, like, are you sure? Would that be okay? I'm not going to the shop again till March. <laughs> so they tend to overbuy. Then you have the one, of course, who will plan, who will do a shopping list, you know, and knows exactly when they get to shop, they know exactly what they are looking for, and they compare price. They compare quality, mm. value for money, mm -mm. you know, <laughs> very, very irritating. You know, they're about to pick the orange and like, no, I think when the one we saw in Morrison was actually more succulent and even cheaper. I thought, yeah, I'm not, yeah, let's, let's go and have another look at it and then we can come back. <laughs> you see, those kind of people, you have to let them go shopping by themselves so that there'll be peace in there. You see, all these things we are discussing, it's not necessarily, it's, once you know, then you give them the room to do that so that you don't indulge yourself in it and be tormented. Because if you are the kind who just needs the thing to, and then, listen, is it chicken? What Can you just get chicken? And then they are there looking for corn fed. Like, hey, you know, once you know that this is the kind of, you just let them go and then let them spend time. Because for me, I can't handle, we have passed one shop, you saw the thing. We have gone to another shop. You see, now you want us to come back to the other shop so that, hey, that is valuable time. I tell you. Yeah. It doesn't mean that, because you think about it, in the end, they probably will save some money. It doesn't matter. 
<laughs> oh, the last one. That's I think that the one who has planned has their shopping list and going is better. This one, they also like shopping. Ah, and they take a long time. And they are extremely frugal, so the money must stretch to the very last penny. But they can't take decisions. They are very indecisive. Should we take the black one or the red one? Are you sure the red one is better? Not the black. The black is also good. Or we should take the red. Ah, maybe. But, hey, but look at the white. The white is also not bad. Hey, are you sure? Ah, I don't know. Hey, the Lord should help us. So can you imagine one who just buys everything, spends everything, and the one who cannot take a decision on any? Hey, they come to they struggle to buy a house. They'll struggle to find even a school for the child. Are you sure this school? But this school was also good. But the teacher here was, yeah, but if you compare that teacher to this teacher, <laughs> DIY skills. Ha. This person, the first number one, you remember number one? Hmm. They have all the tools. Remember they like shopping. Remember they, they shop, they shop. So they have every, any new gadget. What are those channels on TV that Q, what are the channels that they advertise? QVC, you know? They'll be showing new ways of doing this, easy way. They'll buy gadgets. So they, they, they ask for the DIY tools, their garage is full. I mean, but they get talking or engage, to, engage with someone, and then they run out of time to do the DIY that they were about. <laughs> so eventually, the DIY, we don't get we don't get to do. Yeah. No, you see them, maybe they'll wear... Um, uh, uh, what do you call it? Um, what's it? You know, like a overall. overall you know, they, they even take a, 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 a selfie uh, about to, you know, about to do my garden or about to do. Yeah, today is garden day. Hashtag, you know this, and then and then they will show the new lawnmower they bought. The new, it's time. Yeah. And they'll spend all their time on the social media, and then they'll be like, it even looks like it's drizzling, so we'll do the garden tomorrow. Then the second one, this one does not like DIY at all, so they do it quickly. <laughs> Neatness is not their speciality. <laughs> Being precise is not their speciality. Theirs is that the job has got to be done. When somebody says, did you mow the lawn? They'll be able to say, yes, I did. You're not going to ask how low was the lawn. How, yeah, did you fix the table? The table is there. Just don't touch the left side. <laughs> Sit on the right side. Don't touch. Don't touch. Don't touch. You see, you, you see it. You see, we are laughing about this, but you realize that people go to Ikea or B&Q, whatever. They'll go and buy maybe a new desk, a new wardrobe, whatever, they come home. You will see four different attitudes towards uh, assembling the uh, wardrobe or the table. Somebody will spend the first few hours reading page by page by page by page of the manufacturer's manual. Another person coming from the other side, the number one person, will also take their things, take their nails, <laughs> and for the first four hours, for the first four hours, they'll be doing trial and error. They'll force their nail into it. Mm, maybe this nail doesn't belong to the side. <laughs> so you see, you, as a wife, you have to know where your husband belongs. 
and know what to expose him to. And what, you see, some people should know that, listen, is there something wrong with their ceiling? Let's just call. Do you understand? Is there less, what, or even when you get, you know, I can't think, they even have something service that will come and fix for you and charge you an extra 30 pounds. It's worth your peace of mind at home and your marriage at home. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you see, there's also somebody like number three who actually enjoys reading the manual. <laughs> and secondly, and you see that they'll group all the things. This is phase four. This is phase two. This is phase three. And they enjoy their handiwork. <laughs> no, don't, don't do it nicely. And, make, and even when they do it nicely, sometimes they're not even happy with the work they've done. Even though number one and number two will look at it and say, oh, you're amazing. They are not even content. They feel they could have done it better. Are you getting the differences? Yeah. None is not necessary. All I'm saying is that if it's not where your strength is, you have to acknowledge because sometimes... By virtue of society, it's like, you are the man of the house. How come you can't fix this thing? How come? He cannot. Otherwise, you'll be walking on the stairs before you see people have gone through. Okay. This one likes... So when it comes to gardening, they like to grow things. They like to see things being beautiful. And they normally have the best garden in the neighborhood. Do you understand? They are always trimming their hedges, making sure, you know, their pavement, you know, they are just on the ball. <laughs> and then the last one, <laughs> this one will get the job done eventually. But they have to start by sipping their third cup of coffee. <laughs> and, um, you know, make sure that the whole day is available for the job to be done. Because they'll do a nice job. They'll do a good job. But please don't put a time on it. Life is not, you know, we are not rushing anywhere. If we finish quickly, then what? You see how everybody is interpreting it. Number two is like there's so many important things to do. This is the least important thing. So let's just get it out of the way. Do you understand? Number one is like the idea that we'll have a nice garden is really a good idea. But we'll leave it as a good idea. <laughs> Do you understand? Number three says, oh, nobody's garden should ever look nicer than my own. So they are the kind that even any time they are passing by, they see some small leaf, they'll pick it up. You know, they'll see. Yeah. Number four. Is the tortoise is coming. Eventually, he gets there. Are you identifying yourself somewhere? Yeah. I just want us to finish these ones, and then we'll take a little test. Because, you see, once you know who you are, and you know that, listen, this one, God did not bless me with it. I can read books. Do you know that my daughter was just laughing at me recently? Because last year, the year before, I decided to start knitting. So I bought knitting pins, a whole pack. You know, I didn't even buy like two for trial. I bought the whole set of about 15 or 20, big ones, small ones. Oh, then I bought the wool, green. And I said I was going to make a scarf because that's simple, straight. And then I made the first line and the second line. 
And I think I made a third line. <laughs> and the pin is still in the third line. <laughs> and it's there. So that was 2019. Or, yeah. Then 2020, I decided that I was going to start drawing. So I bought the pad, sketch pad, and I bought the necessary bits. You see, you also must make sure that the people you, you show your desires to are people who encourage you, not people who discourage your life. Because when I drew my first flower, and I drew my first human being, and I drew my first things, the only person who encouraged me was Ashley. Everybody else was like, Mom, what did you do? What is it supposed to be? What are we supposed to be looking out for? What is it? I mean, give us a clue. Give us an idea so at least we can interpret it from. <laughs> I said, it's art. Whatever you see, that is what it is. Yeah. You know? And that one has gone. I don't know what 2021 will bring. Oh, studying habits, how we learn. Number one. This person, unless they are totally gifted with a high IQ, will make for a poor student. Unless they have a natural high IQ. But he can do very well if properly motivated. But normally he's very restless. He or she is very restless and undisciplined. Ah! Hey, you mean I should read all five pages now? Hey! At least let's read paragraph by paragraph, please. <laughs> yeah, you know. So what are you studying? Oh, I was studying maths, but I'm tired, so I'm studying English. So what are you studying now? Oh, I just thought I'll look through the history, and then when I come back, I'll come and look at the French. <laughs> Number two, this one is probably clever, but not necessarily brilliant. He likes people-oriented subjects. It's a good speller but likes to finish the studying quickly. So he prefers charts and diagrams that have put all the thing on one page. <laughs> oh my gosh. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. This one does not, you know, when they take, it's like, oh, I finished the book. What do you remember inside the book? Not a whole lot, but we've read the book nevertheless. Then you know number three, that person who is always planning and everything is on point, dotted or he says, this one is a good student. Teachers normally like this one. So those of you who are teachers' pets, mm, enjoys learning. Who enjoys learning? <laughs> Eugene, please speak to your pastor. Inquisitive mind. Do you know that sometimes when you see yourself, you can see yourself point by point by point. Hey. Can read a lot of books. I don't think I should have given this point. <laughs> and has a good retention. <laughs> but, and can have a messy desk sometimes, but amazing concentration. Oh. Can you see yourself in them? Me, yeah, me, I see myself in some. We don't, yeah. Then the last one. This one is also a very good student. If, only if procrastination doesn't overtake him. I'll read tomorrow, I'll read tomorrow. I will start it out tomorrow. <laughs> we'll start it out tomorrow. Yeah. And what he tries at is short-term assignments. 
works best under pressure. Because if there's a deadline, I'll get it done. If there's no deadline, forever we continue. It's very orderly, has an orderly mind, good memory, but needs real motivation. <laughs> oh, we are about to go to finances, so we'll be there. Communication skills and habits, communication. Number one, this person is a good speaker, eloquent, but can be overly expressive and normally exaggerates. Hey, have you seen? Did you? It was not a joke at all. Can you imagine? It was, I mean, the place was on, the place was on fire. <laughs> no, there was a candle that was on. <laughs> hey. Oh, no, no. Hey, listen, just now, by the grace of God, right now, I am rich. Now I have real money. Money, money. When they say money, I have money. Oh, yes, 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 yes. I tell you. Oh, oh. Hey, hey I, I hear you've found a beloved. You can't, you, listen, her type has not even been made on the earth. She, it's not. Then when we see the person, then we are all like, hey. <laughs> Number two, the one can speak well, likes to debate, very argumentative, and their tongue can be biting and sarcastic. Hey. Normally, those ones also, it looks like the brain and the mouth are not fully connected. Haven't you realized that sometimes you might be somewhere, whether it's a family gathering or at work, you know, and everybody's thinking something. And that person says it. And when even though scripture says that we should speak truth with grace, the person has lost their grace. Truth is truth. And so normally, through their communication, they either get into trouble or they put people into trouble. Yeah, they put people into trouble because when they, are, when they are saying what was said, they say it clearly. Do you understand? If you are telling them something that you know is a lie, don't say it <laughs> because they will expose you totally. So if you are also that kind, the Bible says that be slow to speak. Do you understand? Yeah. Even when the things about to come, then you count one, two, three, four, five, ten, then you realize that, oh, you, this is not the place for me to give my opinion. Yeah. It's not necessarily that your opinion is not good, but right now, do you understand? Yeah, like somebody has lost their job, or somebody has got a broken heart, maybe, you know, they've broken up with whoever, they're in a, you know, you need to snap out of it. Ah, this small boy issues, what, what, you know? No, heartfelt. Are you okay? Oh, you have to pray for those kind of people. I swear if they are your pastor or something like that. <laughs> Number three, this one thinks for a while before speaking. You know these people. Yeah, it's very polite. But the only thing with them is that when they want to get something off their chest, they'll go on till they've gotten all of it off their chest. Yeah. So those are the ones who can emotionally blackmail people. 
those are the ones who, you know, when they are describing something, you feel so bad. And when you saw me and you didn't say hello to me, and even when I tried to say hello to you, you looked me straight in the eye and you just went to go, go and you said hello to everybody except me. And I even came back to you twice and I said, Then the last one, oh, this one is normally reluctant to speak and will always allow others to speak. But will respond if questions are thrown their way. If I have to, I will. If I don't have to, let it slide. But they are normally humorous and witty and they are full of jokes. but they usually will not volunteer to speak. Those are the ones whose spouses will normally say, you don't know. If it's at home, his mouth is always like that. It's only when he's out that he's, yeah, this way, he talks, he talks, he talks, yeah. Because he knows where to talk. He knows when to, you know. Yeah, some who don't know. You see, number one, he doesn't know where to. Mm-mm. Now, how, how they deal with bills. <laughs> This one, number one, he doesn't like details. <laughs> he doesn't record anything. He doesn't know how much he has spent, how much he owes, how much he has left. Sometimes he even exaggerates what he gets paid. He thinks he gets paid 2000 he gets paid 1200 I don't know where he's added 800 into his head from. His deficit in, in his balance is corrected by, only by making more money. So he's always aiming towards negative. And the only way he can catch up is by going to do extra work. It's not by cutting down on his expenses. He does not like to reduce his standard of living. Once he enjoys a certain level, there's no coming back. You know, sometimes maybe you can lose your job, and then because you've lost your job, you have to adjust your lifestyle a bit. We'll use our overdraft till we can make it through the next journey. Then, number two, this one pays their bills quickly, orderly. In fact, he may even pay bills in advance. <laughs> oh, this, this thing is not good at all. <laughs> yeah, because it's a bill. You have to pay it, so you might as well pay it and get it out of the way. So I don't add it to your thoughts. There are a lot more. You see, this number two people, they think that there's always more important things to do. There's always more important things to think about. There's always more important places to go. There's always more. So it's like anything that comes on their desk, anything, anything must be dealt with in me. There, there are the people that even when you go and then you're like, oh, I'm going through so much. They haven't even heard what you are going through. They'll give you solutions. Listen, if you are going through something, all you have to do is, then they will give you answer. They don't even know. They only have solution. <laughs> Everything has to have solution. And if you won't take their solution, then just move and let them, you know. Number three, this is the perfectionist, isn't it? He pays all his bill, their bills when they are due. He keeps his bills together. Sometimes it might be a bit messy, but it's there and they know where everything is. They keep receipts over a long period of time. Help us, Lord. (laughs) Even the bank only accepts six years or whatever. (laughs) They keep their receipts over a long period of time. (laughs) And they like to balance their 
accounts three times, four times, five times, check, double check, make sure everything, you know. If you, if you call them now, ask them, what's your balance in this account? They know to the point zero two. What's, they know everything. And like number one, that he thinks he has money in his bank account. He thinks. <laughs> and it's only a thought. Then number four. Hmm. This one is also very systematic, you know, has a budget, makes sure, you know, gets their bills paid early, likes to balance their checkbook, but they like to make, you know, a song and dance of it. So that's the kind of person who may have a budget on their wall highlighted in different colors, red for due on the first week, yellow for due on the second week, you know, green for due on the third, blue, yeah. Very amazing. Wow. Number one's own is in memory. <laughs> the number one, when the bill comes to him, that's just a note. When the reminder comes, then that's the bill. Then when the final notice comes, <laughs> then, then, yeah. Uh, maybe we should look at this last one, because all of us were our parents or will be parents. How they handle discipline. Hmm. Because do you know that if you are not conscious of it, you can discipline your children through your temperament. You can bring up your children through your temperament. So let's say if you are the number one kind, you can easily bring your children up for them to become very lazy, not be bothered about anything, whether they wash their dishes or not, it doesn't matter, whether they brush their... Because that is your natural, do you understand? So if it's not something that you learn, and you consciously do, you can easily bring up your children in, in that way. Do you understand? Some of us were brought up, you see that you had parents who everything is either a smack, you know, a lash, a dare, you know, have you done, are you studying, are you, you know, where's your this, why haven't you finished this? Some parents were like, how come you only got 80%? Why couldn't you get 90? Why did you get 90? How come others could get 95? What, what did you do with the other five, you know? And then if you have an American kind of parent, it's like, did you take the test? Well done, well done. You don't need results. <laughs> as long as you took some. Yeah. So number one, the number one kind of person, he said, this one gives, is loud in their instructions and correction and may even be a screamer. They themselves are not disciplined at all. So their threats of discipline are rarely carried out. Hmm. If they say, I will spank you, and they don't do it immediately. They will never do it. <laughs> and their leniency normally leads to permissiveness, which means that the children just assume that it's allowed. Yeah. And they will always take time to administer love, even after discipline. And they never hold grudges, and they like to play with their children. Isn't that nice? Even though we'll all be a mess, we'll enjoy the mess, and we'll have fun. This one is authority prone, number two, and runs the home like a boot camp. The child will know exactly what is expected of him or her at every time T. <laughs> and these ones have very specific punishments. <laughs> and they are normally hard to please. And they can make their children feel nervous. Oh, it's not good. Number three, this one is a perfectionist and has high and very unrealistic expectations of their children. And praise comes very sparingly. 
because they can't see it unless it's perfect. And there are rules and procedures for everything. Whew. Mercy. They may have a large capacity for love, but they don't know how to express it. And they never forget the wrong that is done. The last one. This one can be a good disciplinarian if helped by somebody else to be assertive. They are usually patient and show love to their children. In fact, they feel more comfortable around their children and they take their time to play with them. They are patient in training their children. Yes. But they allow their children to intimidate them. And sometimes the children end up disrespecting them. And they are the least likely to spank their ch children or to correct them. And so for them, the teenage years are the most difficult for them because of a lack of previous firmness. Amen. How many of us saw ourselves in one or two of these? Okay. Where's charity? They don't give the F or ones. Give the small slip ones to let everybody take one. Everybody take one. And um, Kira, don't play. We, need, we, are, we are not coming to take our test. Give Kira one. I want us to take note of these things as we continue to talk about temperaments, as we think about it. I've already told you that you need to make sure that we put all of this in context and remember that temperaments does not solve every problem. Do you understand? You can't beat your wife and say, oh, it's because I'm choleric or, you know, such nonsense. So the first thing is that never look on temperament as a cure-all for everything. It is not. Do you understand? It just brings understanding and clarity. It is not there as a, you know, this is the reason why. So that is it. The second thing is that remember that we are all sort of a blend of temperaments, you know? So it shouldn't be hard on yourself or don't try and box somebody in and say, oh, as for you, you are, you know, melancholic or you are this because we are all a blend of. Are, are you giving it out good? And then, oh, no, there's, for those of us in this room, also I'm giving you one nice Carver International pen. So everybody's getting one. So give everybody one. Nice. For coming to church today. <laughs> you don't want the paper, you want the paper. <laughs> Number three, do not use other people's temperaments to humiliate them by pointing out their negatives. Do you understand? Yeah. You know, Maybe after this kind of study, a husband can go and say, oh, so my wife is choleric. Oh, okay. You know, then now you use it like a swear word to throw at her or to throw at him. Hmm. Number four, do not use it to indulge in your weaknesses. You know, when we come to look at the actual, the detailed strengths and weaknesses, you realize that like the um, sanguine will say that, you know, they are prone, more prone to having affairs and they just change relationships. But you see, you shouldn't indulge yourself in it and say, you see, I'm a sanguine, so girls are my weakness. <laughs> yeah. And um, do not just see people through their temperament. 
at all, you know. Sorry? The question? Yeah, we will. Now? Um, no, the one we are doing today, maybe next week's one will be the main one we're doing. So I'll give it to him and then he can project it. So the essence of this study of temperaments is to help us to deal and to improve ourselves, you know, to deal and to improve ourselves. It's not about others, it's for us to deal with ourselves, to improve ourselves, to also maximize what we have and to minimize what our weaknesses are, and rather to help us to understand and to accept others better. Has everybody got their paper now? Okay. I wanted us to, we have, a, a te, as for next week, we'll do, so next week, for those of us who are online, it will be online, you'll be able to, whether you have your iPad or your, this thing, you'll be able to just circle it. This one is just seven questions, so you can answer it, and I'm just going to ask the question. So if you're online, I told you get your paper and your pen, and it's just a yes, no answer, and um, you are just going to uh, answer yes or no, okay? This is just a quick, uh, you know, primary test just to give us a, a general, and then next week we'll have a detailed look at it and see that. How many of us see that there are areas in our lives that we need to work on just because of how? Yeah, I think that, women, don't you think I'm much better? Yeah. Now I don't say everything I'm thinking, oh, hey, I keep some in my head. If I keep a lot in my head, if it's not in scripture, I don't say. Eugene, haven't you realized? Yeah. No, no, no. If I don't see it in the Bible, I won't say. But, but it's still in my head. It's not like it, it doesn't come. It comes. It's just that it doesn't come out. Do you get it? So you learn from it. Okay. So the first question, are you an extrovert or an introvert? So, yes. Are you an extrovert? Yes. So, all I need you to do, question one, I just need you to say yes. Do you understand? Are you an introvert? I just need you to say yes or no. So, it's just yes, no, yes, no. Do you get what I'm saying? Question one. So, question one A, are you an extrovert? Question one B, are you an introvert? Huh? Yes. So, to one, you answer yes. To one, you answer no. Oh, yeah. Question two. Are, are, are we okay? Yeah, those of us online. Yeah. Yes or no, that's all. Question two. Oh, I wish somebody would get my laptop. Are you spontaneous? Are you spontaneous? You know, it's like, oh, I want to. Then you get, you know, I want to go and visit this person. I feel like calling this person. Are you spontaneous? You know, like, today I'm taking my wife out. Oh, you know, this, you just do things spontaneously. Then, yes or no? Yes or no? Yeah. Zelda, are you answering your question? Hmm. Are you, number three, are you a quick talker? Are you a quick talker? It means that, is it very easy for you to engage in conversations and, you know? 
Have you seen that there are some people, when they get on the bus, they chat with the bus driver. They get to sit wherever they are sitting by, they're able to chat with the person. They get to the aisle in the supermarket, they're able to chat with the person. They even go to the park for a walk. Somebody has brought their dog, they're able to have a chat with <laughs> Oh, do you find yourself, what number are we on? Do you find yourself apologizing frequently? Do you find yourself apologizing frequently? Do yeah, I've told you that what don't process it too much, otherwise, you are trying to find the answer that should be suitable. No, no, no. Do you understand? Do you find yourself apologizing frequently? You should be able to. I mean, I, I know my answer. When I was even preparing, it, I just knew my answer. <laughs> you do you know your answer, yeah. I, 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 answer. Me too, I know your answer. Do you understand? Yeah. <laughs> I'm not talking about those people who gave that pretense apology. Not a fake apology. <laughs> yeah. We are talking about the kind that even when you don't apologize, you feel so bad that you wish you can go back and go and apologize. That's the, I'm talking about those categories, not those. Uh, what did they say? I should say, sorry. sorry. <laughs> Please, you don't fall into that category. <laughs> Are you generally regarded as quiet? Are you generally regarded as quiet? <laughs> Are you generally regarded as quiet? Yeah. And in that same thing, do you always have a lot to say? Do you always have a lot, or are you slow of speech? Do you always have a lot to say? Yeah, so we have AMA. Do you always have a lot to say? So you're either quiet or you have a lot to say. The next one, are you a good speller? <laughs> are you a good speller? Capital A? <laughs> C, C? <laughs> o? <laughs> are you a good speller? That's an interesting one, isn't it? Are you a good speller? You say what? You are what? <laughs> so, Obviously, follows on to the next one. Do you do very well in maths? <laughs> do you do very well in maths? And together with that question, also the B, are you good with details? No? Do you remember details? Or are you surface? <laughs> Yeah, whatever number you are on, that's the eight or seven. Eight. Yeah. Okay. It doesn't matter which way you've done, it's fine. We'll still get there. See? Details. Do you do well with mathematics? Okay, the last one. Do you get depressed easily? Or are you somebody who likes to worry? A lot. 
Do you get depressed easily, or are you somebody who likes to worry a lot? It's all one. Are you somebody who likes to worry a lot? You know, do you worry, you know? What if I lose my job? What if this doesn't work? What if I get into trouble? What if I don't finish my assignment? What if I get, what if I don't get, what if they don't give me? What if I, no, what if I'm not able to get there? What if I don't make it on time? What if I'm running late? What? Do you know people worry about all kinds of things? What if they, sh- some people even on Sunday when they come, hmm, I don't know why I'm sharing this. I feel like the Lord is speaking to somebody. When they even come to church on Sunday, Reverend, and maybe it's a service that is engaging, shall something. So it's going on a bit longer than half 12, maybe one. And then they're like, hey, as that will close, what if I'm able to do my shopping? You know, and then it becomes a, you know, a thinking project. They get really anxious. And then maybe service. Some people even get worried that hey, it's five minutes. Can I make it to the bus stop? The bus, I might miss the bus. You see how, and somebody too doesn't care because you know another bus will come in 45 minutes. It's only 45 minutes. <laughs> Have we answered all the questions? Have we answered all the questions? Have we answered all? Okay. Hmm. So, if your answer to question 1A so that's for you to know. You know. If your answer to question 1A and your answer to question 2, question 3, question 4, you know, all the was yes, then you are sanguine. <laughs> Keep it to yourself. This one is not for sharing. <laughs> if your answer was then... If your answer was yes to mainly, yeah, 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 was yes, doesn't matter what your answer was in question one, no. If your answer was no in question one, but mainly from question two through to the same question four, if your answer was still yes, except for question one. So if your answer to question one was no, but for question two, question three, your answer was still yes. You are probably a choleric. <laughs> you don't apologize. <laughs> okay. So if your answer to question one was no, so if your answer to question one B was yes, so if you said you are an introvert and your answer to I'm a good speller, you know, maths, details, gets easily depressed, you know, I can, then you are, your main temperament is melancholic. You are the number three people. You see those number three people, those number three people. And <laughs> we have, yeah. <laughs> If you answered yes to number five, I am quiet, you know, slow to speak. But then number eight, you said no, you don't get depressed, you know, you're not, then you are phlegmatic. Do you understand? So if you're someone who's quiet, you don't talk a lot, don't, you know, but you're not somebody who 
feels down, you know, gets moody, get then because phlegmatics they don't get moody, they don't they they, they life is nice, so everything is okay. If we have money, thank God. If we don't have money, glory be to God. It is the Lord who gives and the Lord takes. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Do you understand? For melancholic, one of the things, one of their extreme good extreme by is the fact that when you give them a job to do, they are perfection. Do you understand? You are going to get a good product out. And when they are down, it's not easy to pull them out. Do you understand? But that is why Proverbs 30 described the phlegmatic also as haughty. Because they just feel like they life, they can, you know, it's okay. We're doing good. Isn't it a blessing to be able to live in life and not be stressed about much? You know, because like the choleric like this, they, have, they want to finish this. When I'm 20, I should have this. By the time I'm 25, I should be an entrepreneur. By the time, they're phlegmatic. Like, hey, where are you going? <laughs> We'll get there. We'll get there. This is life. You see that each one has its, you know, there are some countries and some tribes within the country. You can see that even tribe, you can see that there's, there's a, a temperament sitting on the tribe. So, you know, if we get nice food to eat, the roof can leak all way it wants to leak. <laughs> yeah. Then you also have another tribe, you know, like my father's own. They want to build big houses. They want to live in mansions. They want to... But they will never give a penny out. No. Hey. Yeah. Then you also have the one that if he only has 10 pounds, we share with everybody. You think he has 2,000, but it's only 10 pounds. Everybody's getting a pound, pound, pound. So it's not, were we all able to find where we fall? It was very simple, isn't it? But it's a very basic. Next week, we are going to take, this one is a, it's a 35, it gives you detail. The reason why I made us do this first is because I wanted us to be able to, um, hey, whose phone is that? See, if I was a colleague, I don't know if everybody remembers, one day, I don't know where we went, there was a convention somewhere, and then the Pastor Phoenix was a convention, like a three-day night power pack, and then, the person was praying for somebody, and the person was falling forward. Say, if you touch me, immediately she tell you. <laughs> you know, so a good example. It says that. So you next week we'll just put an X by one of the four on each line. So it says adventurous, animated, analytical. Adaptable, choose one that is closest to who you are. Do, do you understand? Friendly, faithful, funny, forceful. <laughs> Musical, mover, mediator, makes it easily. Some of us don't fall under any. We are not music, musical. <laughs> we can't move. We can't. Bouncy, bold, balanced, behaved. Hmm. So next week we'll have a look at that. How many of us feel that is helping us and we are sort of learning something? Rise up to your feet. Let's just pray. I want us to pray and thank God. You know, we read Psalm 139. It says that, thank you, Lord, for making me so wonderful. You know? You see, when this thing is not taught well, it makes you feel like, oh, I should be a, a I, no, I should be who I am. 
Do you, do you understand? It should be who you are, you know? And when you are getting into a relationship, you should take the person for who they are. You don't go and mind them after you can't say they are very moody. Didn't you realize that before you would take them? Yeah. Even when you say you come to visit them, you are late. Don't they get moody? Now you are married to them, they are showing the moodiness. You say you don't understand. You want to just lift up your voice. You want to pray and commit yourself into God's hand. You know, in this season of lockdown and everything that we are going through, the emphasis and the need for good relationships and for, you know, even our ability to communicate and to relate with each other better and on a higher level is more important than ever before. And I want you to just pray for yourself, commit yourself into God's hand and ask the Lord to help you in your areas of weakness.